0: A very good morning to you. Thank you for joining with me today as we explore another of the Beatitudes together. Once, a young man kneeled beside a beautiful young woman at a placid lake. Darling, he said, I want you to know that I love you more than life itself and I want you to marry me. I'm not a wealthy man, I don't have a yacht, I don't have a Rolls Royce or lots of money like Johnny Green. But I do love you with all my heart." The young woman paused for a moment and said, Darling, I love you with all my heart too. But before I say yes, tell me a bit more about Johnny Green. As we have done this series together over the last few weeks, there are some weeks where I felt really near to the event on the hill 2,000 years ago. Those events where Jesus spoke to a rapt listening crowd about these beautiful attitudes that validated many people who had felt isolated or forgotten by the system of their day. However, it did more than that. It empowered many to understand what it meant to be believers of God in a changing world and help them understand more about Jesus and who he was. So some weeks I felt like I was sitting on a spare space of grass with the wind in the hair or whatever hair I've got left with a rush of excitement. And the different noises going around me, hearing Jesus's life changing words and hearing how they affect my life. Other days, though, I find it more difficult to connect. The fog of the modern world and current priorities clouding my view of the hill. And making it seem, rather than I'm there, like I'm watching the whole thing on a VHS with dodgy tracking. I wonder today what your view of the hill is this morning. What your view of Jesus delivering the Sermon on the Mount is. I imagine there are many concerns and thoughts floating around your mind. Especially if it took you a while to find this podcast, or if you clicked on it trying to find something else. In our current situation with news reports, medical advice, confusion and some panic in the air, this can stop us hearing what Jesus said. We can be like the woman in the story who hears some of the words but is looking for a different solution. Sometimes films about Jesus portray it as a lovely quaint time for people, whatever social status they had. However, we know that people in that crowd were dealing with many issues that would have caused them lots of different concerns. It could have helped them zone out of what Jesus was actually saying. Many were dealing with poverty. Others were dealing with sickness. Many were struggling with an uncertain political time. And others just weren't sure what the future would hold. In the midst of this was a new teacher who spoke differently to the usual rabbi and was putting new life and context into the teachings of the Jewish faith. If you've been part of our Junction 10 series, you'll have heard the youth introduce the series to us. Vicky helping us look at our spiritual posture. Joe tell us about the poor in spirit. Rose helping us understanding the concept of mourning. And last week, Will looking at what it is like to be meek. This week we're looking at the fourth beatitude. There's an old story about a man who was arrested for shoplifting at a grocery store. When he appeared before the judge, the judge asked what he had taken. The man replied, a can of peaches. The judge then asked why he had done it. He replied, I was hungry, I forgot to bring cash to the store. The judge asked, how many peaches were in the can and he replied replied nine the judge then said well I'm going to give you nine days in jail one for each peach and as the judge was about to drop his gavel the man's wife slowly raised her hand and asked if she might speak the judge said yes what do you have to add the wife said your honor He also stole a can of peas. It's tempting to think about the Beatitudes as a list of different folk with different issues and the solution. Blessed are the people who have this issue and that issue. Today's issue hunger and thirst like the man in the story can be seen as an answer to the first three issues or problems. You're oppressed so here's a way of responding. You must be more hungry more thirsty because this can seem to be the first beatitude that is less passive the first three can be deemed as showing the conditions somebody's in someone's poor in spirit that person's meek that person over there is mourning. today's beatitude can seem to be about making positive actions about being choosing to be hungry or thirsty However, usually hunger and thirst are not a choice. Everyone is hungry. Everyone is thirsty. Well, almost everyone. Occasionally, there is a condition where you may have a part of your brain, excuse me, doctors and nurses, the hypothalamus, that part of your brain affected, and that might mean you don't feel hunger and thirst. There was a teenager in Iowa Who after a lung infection had their hypothalamus affected and they didn't hunger and thirst. And they had to be pushed by their parents and their teachers to eat and drink. Otherwise they'd be very unwell. I love watching those shows on telly like Eat Well For Less. That show families how to cook for a budget and how they should eat healthily and thriftily. They always say you need to do this thing to make sure that your hunger is abated. Often they say instead of going to a garage to buy a muffin in the morning, you need to make a fresh batch of muffins and then you can have one of those and that will be far healthier for you because it made it yourself and then you won't be going back for more. Unfortunately, if I did that, I would have the whole tray of muffins straight away. I am a person who if I'm trying to be healthy, I can't have biscuits or crisps or cheese or oh, cheese i can't have those in the house because if i do even if i've hid them away at the back i'll start thinking i can hear something it's the biscuits calling they're going hello depending on what type of biscuit they are they have a different voice the custard creams hello the bourbons hello the garibaldi's hello These biscuits calling me until I go and get them and eat them. And often if I know they're there, I will crave them. I've got the hunger for them. When I've gone to Mexico and worked on a building site there, I've often thought I'm really thirsty at the end of the day. We drink water and Gatorade as we're going. And when we're doing that, We get a bit bored of it, a bit bored of water in the hot sun, a bit bored of this orange squash that's quite sweet. And when we get back to the campsite where we are, often the young people we work with go straight to the shop and buy Pepsi's, Fanta's, Sprite's. And they're really pleased because they're having something that will quench their thirst. Unfortunately, often, even though it's what they want, It's not something that quenches their thirst. It's just something they've enjoyed, but they're still not doing anything about the dehydration that they may have had in that site that day. And they still need the water. They still need the Gatorade. As it's mothering Sunday, I need to tell a story about my mother. And for my birthday, she made me one of my favourite cakes or when I say one of them, there are many of them because they're rice crispy cakes. And these rice crispy cakes are rice crispies, and in them you melt Mars bars, you mix them together, put them in a tray bake and then put them in the fridge and cut them into little bits. I love them and I can eat them over and over again. My dad loves them as well for a different reason. He calls them breeze blocks and says they're very tough and are brilliant to do his patio with. But these are things that I cannot stop eating. So on my birthday, I'd already had birthday food all day, but I kept eating them. I know they're unhealthy, but I'm sure you relate to the fact that often we just consume things because we like the taste of them. You may be aware of the ancient Hebrew word prongel. It's on the screen now. It is all about hunger and literally translates as, once you pop, you can't stop. Jesus knew in the crowd there were many people that were hungry, both physically and spiritually. Many travelled a long way to see him. When Jesus healed the 5,000, it wasn't to show off. It was because he knew they had a physical need, hunger. This physical need also arose from their spiritual need to hear Jesus's words that day. When Jesus met at another occurrence the woman at the well, she had been married five times and was living with a man who wasn't her husband. Yet Jesus didn't give her a lengthy lecture on morality. He spoke to her about her thirst. You'll have heard on telly how in the months and weeks ahead, many people have got stockpiles of food ready. And things that are easy to keep for a long time, maybe aren't of the best nutritional value. Please don't get me wrong. I love spaghetti hoops and I love quavers with the best of them but they can't be the things that keep us healthy day after day. I saw it written that if you're eating and hungering after the junk food of the self-centred life, you'll never be satisfied. Hunger and thirst represent the desperate longings of the previous Beatitudes, the poor in spirit, the mournful and the meek. The concept of those hungering and thirsting for God was not just a New Testament concept. In Psalm 42, 1-2 it says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for thee, O God. Psalm 63, 1 says, O God, thou art my God, I shall seek thee earnestly. My soul thirsts for thee, my flesh yearns for thee in a dry and weary land where there is no water. However, the Jewish people felt they were not spiritually full and satisfied. They knew that God had a plan to draw them closer to him, even if they hadn't shown him the full hunger and thirst. Jesus was the answer to this hunger. But not all of them knew that then. Jesus said this, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Again, going back to the woman at the well, Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again. That's the water at the well. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water, springing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so I shall never be thirsty, nor come all the way here to draw. Hunger and thirst is natural. However, how we respond to these natural urges is key. Jesus totally upset the religious system of his day by awakening those desires of people's hearts. Remember his statement that comes at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. It's whom you ask, where you seek and what door you knock on that makes all the difference maybe you've knocked on many doors to try and find the meaning to life but we believe here at junction 10 that it's jesus who makes the difference a journey into god himself can make every other adventure look dull and pointless the word righteous can be interpreted in different ways some people can view it as justice the right thing happening often in a seemingly unfair situation But this is more than just doing the right thing, being a good person, which people in the Old Testament thought was their job before God. Others would translate it, would translate righteousness or being righteous as true inner goodness. Stu G talks about Jesus using the word as something deeper, knowing that whatever situation you're in, you needed to hunger and thirst after a Jewish word. Called Shalom. Shalom would have been viewed by the crowd as peace, harmony, everything exactly in the right place. Nothing broken, nothing missing, proper relationships between us and God. Everything in the right place. How often do we long for that? Especially now in the midst of trouble and fear and not knowing what's going to happen. It can be said there are other two types of righteousness. Philippians 3 starts talking about self-righteousness, thinking our own efforts and religious knowledge and acts are fine to have a true relationship with God. However, the passage goes on to say that these are rubbish, garbage, compared to what really knowing Jesus means. On the screen now, you'll see the response to that saying what knowing Jesus truly means. The Beatitudes are a snapshot of what living with God can be for us. The rest of the New Testament shows us more of how we can do that and continue to grow in our hunger for him. Our response should be turning our face to God as a sunflower turns towards the sun. Stu G talks about the natural ache inside us, We have things to be the way God wants them. That hunger. In a time where many of us may feel more cut off from others or frustrated at the situation we find ourselves in, what natural aches come out in you? How do you express them to God? And how do you hear his answer for you? It says in this beatitude, they shall be filled. This is a promise that Jesus knows our hunger, our aches, our true spiritual desires, and is on our side. Our prayer is you will know this and understand more of this as you grow in him. As we finish, I want to read to you the whole of the passage that we know as the Beatitudes. Some of those we've looked at, some of those we're going to look at in the weeks ahead. Whoever you are and whatever you are feeling or whatever position you're in currently, remember that God is saying he is there in those issues. As you hear these words, I ask you to ask God in whatever way suits you to be close to you today. And in the weeks ahead, help you in developing your hunger and thirst for him. We may have More time on our own, away from the cut and thrust of the world coming ahead. We don't know. For others, it may be very busy times. However, maybe in this time of uncertainty, that's where you can look at what is your hunger and thirst for God like. Will asked us to measure our meek level last week. Or think, what do you long for God to do? in your life, in the people around you? How can you develop that hunger and ask him for the right things rather than like me at my birthday, gorging on the things that may taste nice but may be not good for me in the long term? Let's read Matthew 5 together. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed the hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him The committed climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you embrace by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourself blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they're uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even, for though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds and know that you're in good company. My prophets and witnesses, have always gotten into this kind of trouble. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you're a kind and loving God. We thank you that you are on our side. We pray that everybody listening to this, their friends and family would know that, and that they would be able to explore and develop together their hunger and thirst for you, and their offerings to you, what they do to serve you, would be something that pleases you and helps show your kingdom to others. Amen. Thank you for being with me this morning.